it's just winning those little battles day by day opposed to, you know, hitting a home run out of the park. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so excited to have my next guest here. We have Kyle Paradiso from Sleepy Bear. He is the CEO and co-founder and just a super, super interesting uh, executive uh, founder and just uh, really, really excited about our conversation that we're about to have. So as I mentioned, uh, he is the co-founder of Sleepy Bear, which is a popular line of CBD and CBN formulated gummies that are uh awesome nighttime sleep solutions. And I'm sure you've seen it out there. And his journey is even more fascinating. Um, There's always these great stories behind founders and and entrepreneurs and how he, this one, he solved a problem for himself um, by kind of doing a, a bit of what gummies ended up to be, I guess. He'll tell us more about that. Um, but he was also uh, an army ranger. So totally different career, yes. <laughs> which is really, really, it's great. I love to hear people's paths and how they decided to go in different directions and what they learned from all these things. So anyway, welcome, welcome, Kyle. Great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here. Yeah. So t- talk to me a little bit about the beginning. So Kyle, little guy, little guy, Kyle, where did he start out? What did he think he was going to do? Yeah. So I'm originally from Long Island, New York. Um, you know, first 18 years of my life, I was a typical Long Island kid, you know, growing up thinking I'm going to go off to college, you know, do this and that normal four year experience. And towards the end of my high school time, I, I realized I had a really strong calling to join the military. And I originally went to the Citadel Military College mm-hmm. in Charleston, South Carolina. And my original intention was to do the full 20 years, full retirement from the service, became an army ranger. And I was doing that. And within six, my first six years, I had just reenlisted for another contract. And I actually ended up getting a severe spinal injury and I was forced to medically retire. So uh, (laughs) it kind of threw my entire life plan and, you know, life goals of everything I wanted to accomplish into, you know, a really heavy flux. Hmm. Uh, and then had to, you know, kind of realign and <laughs> found myself here years later as, you know, a founder and, and CEO, but it's a very different path than I <laughs> always expected to take. And so, you know, instead of stopping right, right there, I mean, and, and sort of, you know, as I always say, just getting off the train and just standing, you didn't do that, right? You just instead looked at, okay, now what am I going to do? And, and so what was kind of those next, how were you thinking about it? 
So originally my first plan, you know, everyone's back up, especially in the military education. Mm-hmm. I ended up going back to school and it was a great opportunity for me to essentially rediscover who I was, mm-hmm. you know, now as an adult, because then I'm 24, 25, opposed to, you know, a young 18 year old kid totally. signing my life permanently away, <laughs> you know, making a, a grandiose life decision when intellectually I'm not even fully formed. Uh, so I went back to the Citadel actually, and they were so accommodating for me as a veteran, especially as a disabled veteran, into really helping me rediscover what my passions were, what I wanted to get involved in, and giving me a chance to, you know, kind of pivot my life and, and see where I wanted to go. From then, I, I originally thought I was going to spend my time in uh, academics because <laughs> I worked for the school for for a couple of years and really found a, a passion for that interaction and mm-hmm. helping other people. And then as time went on, it began to gearing through my own personal story towards cannabis and veterans and then using that and then moving moving forward. So interesting. So, you know, obviously your product is about uh, CBD and CBN. I read somewhere that you, and you talked in the past about how you grew up anti-cannabis and were pretty resistant to it at first. So like, how did this all come to be? This change, I should say. Yeah, it was as drastic of a change, like as 180 as you you really could get. I was a very staunch, staunch anti-cannabis. My family growing up were were very anti, you know, drugs, alcohol, really any type of of substance. And being a, I was a high school athlete, then going into uh, college, I was a D1 wrestler. And then also being at a military college, you're really conditioned in grain that, you know, cannabis and stuff like that is, is lazy. It's bad for you. Um, you know, all these negative stereotypes that we still commonly see. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, 
Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think, and makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. And it really didn't occur to me that I had to look at it from a different perspective until I was living it and had to deal with my own pain management and my injuries and a, a really lack of care from our medical system. And that I opened my eyes to cannabis through just people hounding me, hounding me, hounding me saying, hey, you need to really 
think about this a different way because your back's against the wall. What do you have to lose? Once I did that, I, it was like, you know, the light bulb moment of the aha. I was like, wow, I am just so wrong. And I was so confused and perplexed on how I had been so indoctrinated against something that really does have so many benefits. And I wanted to kind of unravel that web, not in just my own life, but for other people who were, you know, living a similar experience and to be able to open up, you know, eyes to what we can actually do now in the modern age with, with cannabis. So a friend connected you to CBD and told you kind of the benefits of it. How did you then make a product out of it? So making a product from it really didn't happen until years later. Uh, I became a, an enthusiast and an activist for it in my personal life originally. And then I went to pursue it from an academic stance. I really wanted to paint the picture of what cannabis could do for our society opposed to, you know, the opioid crisis we're dealing with opposed to we have so many veterans who are dealing with homelessness from a variety of issues because of their lack of ability to, you know, work or because they're so drugged up or they have so many different issues. And I wanted to essentially build the dossier for the argument of cannabis legalization. And it was when I was going back to school for my graduate degree to do that, that people kept hounding me within the industry saying, Hey, like you're extremely knowledgeable about this. You clearly have a passion. You know, when you talk about cannabis, your, your eyes light up and you should really translate that into business because you have more knowledge than some of the people in the business field on it. And after hearing that, you know, over and over and over again, I finally, you know, kind of cracked almost and was like, all right, well, if I was going to do a business, if I was going to do a product, what would it look like? Hmm. And I, I ballparked that for a, you know, a couple months. And then finally, when the idea came to me, I was like, ah, shoot. Okay. This is a good idea. I need to, I need to run with this. I need to make this happen. And it was a, a really hard pivot to, you know, I, anything I ever thought I would do before. And what year was this? So the, our company was originally formed in 2019. Our first product actually was a hydration product called Hydrocana. It was a oral rehydration shot. And in our first year, we had really done uh, incredibly well building out, you know, a distribution, getting a product to market. When COVID hit, however, <laughs> we had to really pivot and make a lot of changes because I, I know obviously you're in the beverage business. You understand, you know, weight and distribution of beverages is is really hard to do at a small scale for an e-commerce customer. And prior to COVID, a lot of our sales were uh, direct to businesses, to bars, to gyms, to health food stores. And when all, all those closed, you know, we lost 95% of our business month to month and we had to reorganize. And luckily I had been mulling ideas for Sleepy Bear and thinking about another product, another line, and, and getting more involved into sleep opposed to hydration, which is something I was more passionate about because I felt it was more impactful in people's lives. You know, fixing a hangover is cool, but you know, sleep is something that if you don't get, slowly kills you. Sure. Uh, so then in 2020, in June, we 
launched Sleepy Bear and it was a complete uh, total pivot. And we've been running with it ever since. And it's just uh, it's just taken off in the last year. That's awesome. And primarily online through D2C or? So our, our business is about a 50-50 split. Uh, we do D2C, but we also have 50 retailers nationwide in 70 states. So uh, 17 states, sorry, not 70. Uh, so we're, it's, a, it's a little bit of both. Right now we have primarily like independent pharmacies and grocery chains and, and smaller mom and pop stores where CBD and especially CBN products are more accepted. But we're working to get into the you know, mainstream distribution here within this year. Now that you know things are starting to kind of shake out, and, and products like ours are making their way to to larger uh, chain stores. What's the hardest thing about launching a CBD product today? I mean, to you know, is it is it education for both the uh, you know the consumer as well as the buyers? I mean, do you feel like it's it's uh, I, I bet you you see all kinds of challenges along the way. I mean, I'll, I'll give you some background. When we launched our company 16 years ago, I talk a lot about the. Uh, I didn't. I knew I was launching a new company, but I didn't realize I was launching a new category, which was called unsweetened flavored water. And so I would go in and I'd hand a bottle of Hint to a buyer at our local Whole Foods who had just opened, I thought they would be the perfect place for it. And the buyers that I encountered would take a sip and they'd think it tasted great. And they'd say, oh, what's it sweetened with? And a few times I, you know, was punchy and I was, I was like, you know, it's unsweetened flavored water. I mean, are you listening? I mean, this is like, you know, come on, like it's unsweetened. Do you know the definition? Did you, you know, and it's just when you're launching a new category or something that needs a lot of education, it's kind of, it's like you got to wait for, I had to wait for the consumer to understand why this was necessary. I had to wait for the, you know, buyers to sort of, you know, trust that it was something that the consumer wanted. And then the other thing is, is that we had no competition I and mean, we're still far and away the owners of this category of unsweetened flavored water, but it's, uh, you know, competition isn't such a bad thing because it's like there's more voices, right, coming at these same people. You just and and that's what I learned a lot of along the way. So anyway, that's why I asked yeah. the question. No, it's a, a fantastic question. So in the CBD industry, the the competition and the sat the market saturation is incredibly high, actually, like absurdly high. Yeah. So the real you know, difficulty factor is in, like you said, education where consumers are not really informed enough to know some of the subtle differences between a lower quality product and a truly like high quality product, except on, you know, sticker price. Well, it'd be like, well, this one's cheaper and it says, you know, X amount of numbers opposed to this one, which is the same number and it's a little more expensive. It's like, yes, you know, five milligrams of one thing, five milligrams of the other might be the same on a label, but it's not the same in, you know, sourcing or the technology that goes into it for the absorption and other things. So there's a a two-stage like education process where a lot of the buyers aren't familiar with the product. So there's an education there, 
but also there's the consumer education side where you kind of have to explain why yeah. this is, you know, why it's better opposed to, you know, just the stuff that's fired out there at a very large scale, but cheap price and is essentially, you know, very low quality, but the distribution is everywhere, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's an uphill battle in, in that sense. And then there's the, you know, the general stigmas of taking a product, you know, will this get me high? You know, will I fail a drug test? Will this or that? And it's, you know, no matter how much you kind of try to show people that on, on packaging or on, you know, educational information, they still have like a, a deep seated paranoia of that because of some of the, the stigmas around, around cannabis. Let's go through the answers to those questions. So will it yeah. get you high? No, okay. there you <laughs> our go. products, our products are completely TAC free. Uh, so they will not get you high and they, you know, you will not fail uh, a drug test. You know, there, there's differences in the level of, of drug tests where, you know, uh, a pee stick from CVS isn't really good on actually picking up uh, what something is, you know, there's a lot of false positives, but anything like an actual regimented work drug test, it's very easy to see the difference in the isomers. So even though it's a similar thing, there's no psychological properties whatsoever, and there's no THC in it whatsoever. So it- <laughs> and THC is really the thing that will sort of flip the drug test for you. I mean, it or Correct. in the wrong direction, I guess, if you're taking that. That's the thing that you want to watch out for. Correct. THC is is what is tested for uh, in any conventional drug test, and is also what is responsible for the quote unquote high feeling that you you get. Interesting. And then, uh, what are some of the other questions that you get asked? The craziest questions. Oh man, the craziest question I ever got, I think, was someone asking me about the gummy bear. And saying, hey, could you make the gummy bear without the gummy? Oh. And I didn't really know how to respond to it. <laughs> I was like, well, it's, it wouldn't be a gummy bear anymore. And they're like, yeah, I don't really like gummy bears. They're like, can you make it something else? And I was like, well, uh, <laughs> no, that's, but I'm sorry. <laughs> that's hysterical. So what did, what would you say is like the most challenging? I mean, obviously you've, you know, done two different industries. What is the most challenging thing that you found that kind of surprised you about being an entrepreneur? Oh, that is a great question. Uh, one of the most surprising things about being an entrepreneur is prior to, you know, getting into anything in business from the outside in, you always have this notion that everything is not run so well, but like you think that everyone starts in a certain way and it seems almost insurmountable to be able to do it. You're like, how could I start or build this? You know, you know, it seems like this such a daunting task until you actually talk to, you know, founders or entrepreneurs and they're like, no, you just, you just got to do it, you know? Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, the battle really is just putting one foot in front of the other and just accomplishing a task. If you accomplished a task, and, you know, check something off of your list, your, your day was, you know, a victory. You move forward in a little bit and that it's just winning those little battles day by day, opposed to, you know, hitting a home run out of the park instantly. And I, I think that was a coming from the military where everything is so like, all right, finish, done, finish, done. 
just having that more patient mindset of like, all right, we're doing small things to build, 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 build. It was a, a bit of a hard uh, transition for me personally. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is. I, I, um, I wrote a book that, that came out last October and all about, you know, my journey and also like even before hint of being in a different industry and, and coming into starting this and building a new category and all these things that, you know, I realized along the way. And, and, um, I felt like by writing this book that I could help a lot of people know that, you know, being an entrepreneur isn't for everyone and it's, uh, it's really hard. And I always share with people, there's ways easier ways to make money. It's just a, like, it's a, it's an illness, right. In many ways to go out and be an entrepreneur, it's just, <laughs> yes. you know, it, it's a lot of fun and, you know, you take four steps forward and, and then, you know, you take six back some days and, you know, it's just, it's constantly doing that and, um, it's draining right at times and you got to take a break and it's lonely at, you know, trying to explain to your friends that have no idea. I I think that the funniest thing, I I know people, even investors of mine who read my book and they said, uh, gosh, I mean, this is, this is crazy. I mean, all, all your stories and I talked to you along the way and I never heard about so many of these things that went on and what happened. And I'm like, you know, it's, it like you just you, you don't know how to explain some of them like some some of the stuff that that goes on and and I think in every industry for all entrepreneurs so it's just it's definitely I I get it it's not just about being a unicorn or a failure there's just this stuff that goes on in day to day like how to figure out you know FedEx prices go up what does that mean yeah. you, you know your business right and it's yeah. just, it's real and it's like you know, it's something that I'm sure you guys go through as well, even switching industries. Yeah. The, the expression I like to use, uh, commonly when I'm talking to people about, you know, entrepreneurship or anything like that is, you know, it's common. I I like to say I would rather work 80 hours for myself than 40 hours for somebody else, Hmm. which at the end of the day, I feel is always true, you know, because there's just something very rewarding about you know building something for yourself and you know i was i was a wrestler in high school a wrestler in college and it's the same mentality that when you know you step on the mat yeah sure you're a part of a team but when you're on the mat it only matters what you did and what the person across from you did and like if you didn't put in the work it's going to show you know you can't blame a teammate you know the quarterback threw an interception or something like that like you can't do that and I feel the same way in a lot of ways about, you know, being a founder and entrepreneur that like, I can't blame anyone else. If, if you know, something went wrong or, or something failed, it's because I was the one who failed. <laughs> you know, I was sure. the one who failed it. So it's the, the ultimate uh, accountability. So I, I, I think that's something I've always in, enjoyed and, and thrived upon and having it in this realm as well is a powerful driving factor for me. So you talked about uh, your co-founder. So how did you find your your co-founder? Yeah, my co-founder, Pat, uh, he was a, a buddy of mine in San Diego, and he was one of the first people. So when I was living in San Diego, I started actually creating my own uh, products for consumption just for myself as you know, a, a tinkerer and a scientific mind. I was like, Oh, if I can do A and B, I can make, make this at home, you know, just making fun little things for my own consumption. 
And I actually gave him a, a gift of something I had made for his birthday. And he came back to me a couple of weeks later and he's like, I've never tried anything like that. You know, it knocked my socks off. I, I let someone else try it. They were like super impressed. They're like, where'd you buy this from? He's like, oh no, my buddy made it like just, you know, working, toiling around. And after that, people kept kind of just really hounding me about it. And he was one of the people being like, hey, I know people in this industry. Let's, let's do something. And he would just keep annoying me about it until I finally cracked and i was like all right pat here's my idea you want to do this all right let's go <laughs> that's great and we just ran with it and so do you guys have really different skill sets or are like where how do you guys divide up responsibility yeah so he's a. have you ever heard the the seven degrees of kevin bacon that you know everyone <laughs> everyone can connect to kevin bacon in, in seven degrees sure we we joke around that there's seven degrees of patrick carroll that he can connect with anyone or anything that we need in some weird roundabout way. So he's kind of my like getcha guy yeah. where I'm like, all right, this is what I need. I need, you know, a quote for this, or I need a person who knows about this or someone to talk to about that. And I'll just send him off into the wild. And then he'll just, you know, come back with his catch and be That's like, awesome. here's what I got. And I'm the, the more the builder of, of running the operation of like, all right, here's what the ship needs to go. I need this piece, go out and get to me, bring it back. And I build the ship. And, then we'll, and that's kind of the, the give and take of the relationship. That's awesome. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> definitely having different hats and, and what people enjoy doing the most and what they're really, really good at, I think is, is so key to the early days of, of building overall. So it's really, really great to hear that. So where can people find the product and also hear more about you and your journey and support you. I, we would love to do that. And I'm sure people after hearing you speak about it, uh, they'd love to go out and purchase it. So where can people find it? Yeah. So we have our own website, sleepybeargummies.com, which we sell direct to consumer on. Uh, since the product is legal in all 50 states, we ship everywhere. And then we also have a store locator tab on our website, which if you just put in your zip code, we'll show you our, our nearest retailer to you. Uh, like I said, you know, we're still building. We got 50 stores, 17 states, but we're, we add about, we had about five to 10 stores, um, every month. So we're, we're slowly but surely, you know, getting access to more people and, and building it out. So hopefully soon I'll be able to say, you know, carried it all, all major retailers by you, but <laughs> little do you to guys go use distributors that. then, or do you, are you just going direct to stores for the most part? Yes. Yeah, so we do a mix of both. Almost exclusively all our locations are direct to the store itself. You know, it, working with so many independents, um, it's a, a, a different game, especially since a lot of big box stores aren't, or big distributors really aren't trying to make the jump into our market yet because there's some larger uh, banking questions on a federally legal level that, you know, certain states you're protected, but others are not. So, it, you know, there's a, a, a bit of a gray ambiguity. And then also, again, you know, the stereotypes about it where, you know, some stores just straight up say they won't carry uh products with cbd or anything like that uh but we've we've yet to find you know a a steady distribution stream but it's it's being a work upon there's people in the space who are building their own business because it is still 
such a new industry where, yeah. uh, I mean, hemp products were only, only became legal in 2019 uh, nationwide. So there, it, it's still been kind of a, a vortex of companies trying to get established on that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, you are in, you're in the, the new frontier you've had, you have a few people putting stakes in the ground, but I think it's, uh, it's, I think in this, I feel like the whole CBD space is really, it's okay that there's a lot of people there because there's a lot of confusion and there's, you know, there's a lot to get done. Um, and, and really, you know, a lot of regulations that hopefully will get figured out, um, so that people can build and some of them have already gotten figured out in the last few years, but, um, definitely, I think it's, it's, uh, all good stuff. Yeah. It's, it, I, I say a lot. It's the, it's the wild, wild west out here. It, it really is. Um, and I, I'm, I'm personally looking forward to a lot of the, the regulation because stuff like that brings validity to the industry where right now, a lot of the standards in cannabis and especially in CBD, uh, it's kind of at your own choice mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, something that's mandated or regulated or enforced. Um, so, you know, it's expensive to do the right things and it's definitely much harder and not everyone always does. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, to seeing that because it's going to build more consumer confidence, which at the end of the day is, is going to be the, the large factor in deciding the health of this industry. I love it. So super, super great. So thank you, Kyle, for coming on and sharing all about your journey and the business. And I know you gave people lots of inspiration to go out and start a business and and uh you know weather the storms and and all of that so i really really appreciate it and thanks everybody for listening as you know we're here every monday and wednesday with great episodes from founders and ceos and if you like this episode please subscribe give kyle five stars on apple spotify or your favorite podcast platform. And uh, finally, don't forget to purchase my book, Undaunted, Overcoming Doubts and Doubters on Amazon or your favorite bookseller and and pick up a case of Hint as well. Uh, We're also online at drinkhint.com. So goodbye for now. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you so much, Kara. You have a great one. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, But achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening.